0: That was pretty good, wasn't it? Uh, good morning, Coast Community Tumby, and happy Father's Day. I'm really excited, in fact, we're really blessed today that uh, we're joined by Gershon Nimbalka. And Gersh is kind of like the f- reasonably freshly installed, <laughs> pretty fresh, yeah. uh, chief executive of Common Grace. Yeah, so welcome. Thanks. Great to be here. It's, it's awesome a to have you here. Uh, so I think that already by now you've probably watched a little bit of a video um, and that Kristen's maybe um, spent a little bit of time talking about Common Grace. What I'd love to hear is a little bit about you, Gersh, and what's the Gersh Common Grace merger? What's happened there? How have those two things come together?
1: Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting question. I... Um... I started out on a path that was probably taking me away from something like Common Grace. Yep. So, I, um, um, as a young lad, I studied business and finance, committed to the sorts of same goals that all my friends were. Yep. Nice house, nice car, nice suburb, lovely holidays. Um, so, I got a job working for AMP. Yep. Um that was paying me lots of money and yes. setting me up for all those things. But also, I found out after studying a little bit of theology and being there for a little while, that it was crushing my soul. Huh. <laughs> like, right. yep. If you're familiar with the Finance Royal Commission, A and P were one of the worst of the right. bad guys. You were in the Roy- machine. I was in the <laughs> machine. Um, but that theology sort of set me on a different path. Um, spent some time in Kenya and yep. Tanzania. Saw some of uh, Compassion's work over there yeah, in Kenya that you were talking about before, um, and it changed me. Yeah. I, um, I came back from that with two things um, deeply embedded within me. One, that the world was a terribly broken place where there was such abundance, yet Mm. so many people Mm. struggling so much. And two, uh, that God did not ever intend it to be that way and he wants his people to do something about it. So I... um, Wound up working for Baptist World Aid for 10 years after that. Yes. Um, did some really yep. cool stuff there. That's a big shift. Yeah, it was yep. a big shift. Uh, <laughs> yeah, big shift from AMP. and um, And then um, that was amazing. And then I had a kid. I moved to Newcastle. Yep. So left my job at that point. Was consulting for a while, but I got to do some cool work with Common Grace over that time. Right. Yep. Um, With this climate scarf, actually, which we might end up talking about yeah. a bit later on. All right. Um, that. Opened me up to this world i had always been involved with common grace i've been a supporter for years and years but i got uh deeper into it and yeah. then when the position for ceo now national director opened up yeah. um one or two people said suggest that i apply i applied and it's been amazing being there this yeah. is it's this type of work which i'm sure we get to talk about a bit more in a second um of helping people take up their prophetic vocation together with God yes. is the stuff that really energizes me. And I've seen so much good stuff happen as a result. Right. It's, yeah, it's where I want a to be. A prophetic
0: breathe. vocation. Mm. We're going to have to unpack that in a minute, I think. Yeah. Um, so you are involved in it, like going back to Baptist World Aid, you were involved in a project there that I reckon a lot of people might be familiar with. What was yeah. that? So uh, probably you're talking about the ethical fashion report. That's what I'm, yeah, that's the one. About.
1: Yeah, it was probably our biggest profile project. Probably the yeah. thing that Baptist All Day got most known for mm-hmm. in the world, I think. So that was a um, like a little brainchild of me and a friend named Scott um, that I got to give birth to and execute, and it just. Uh, yeah ended up having far bigger impacts than we ever could have yeah. dreamt of yeah. so it was we rated companies from A to F on yes. the quality of their labor rights management and environmental management systems yeah. um, we were doing that we thought for the church and for there'd be an interested community in Australia but it ended up having international mm. reach mm. engaging all the companies that everyone would know H&M and Zara, Coles, Woolies, yes. David Jones changing their practices and policies and eventually changing legislation in Australia. Oh, it, so, it was
0: a wonderful example of how of how as and not just as Christians, as human beings yeah. who have some vest- vested interest in the planet, uh, can can have an influence on significant global issues with the, the, the choices that they're making every day. Yeah. That we can actually have some agency in those things. And so there's a link there, obviously, with common grace too, isn't there? There's these great big issues. And, and as I understand it, that there are four really significant and seemingly kind of insurmountable issues that you've got on your agenda. So there's this great big issue of climate justice, yep. uh, asylum yep. and domestic violence yep. and Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander justice. Like these are really, really big things. They yes. feel beyond me in terms of how can I have any kind of positive impact on on, on those enormous issues is there one of those that that has kind of grabbed your heart at the moment like how do you how do you grapple with those do you have to just pick one or mm, what? Mm, so it's such a good question and
1: like almost i think impossible to answer yep. um, i've been asked it before and i always wind up at the place it's like all those issues of injustice and a dozen more yep. are so far from the heart of god they are such clear reflections of the brokenness in the world, yeah. I can't rank them. I can't say that, uh, you know, 200 years of displacement and death and oppression that have been given to the First Nations people is worse than the worst refugee crisis affecting 100 million people right now that we've ever seen. Or they're the just hell- bro- they're, they're just, both just, just broken. They're just broken in yeah. terrible ways. So the thing that I think, the thing that uh, grabs my heart and really animates me when I think about what is the big injustice yeah. that is close to me that step up from that What is the cause of all this? Mm-hmm. And I think it's uh, it's just that people have failed to live and love the way that Jesus and God has called us yes. to. Yep. So the thing that I keep coming back to is if we, if we cared and wanted the just societies that God intends for us, yep. um, if we genuinely loved our neighbor like mm, we loved mm-hmm, ourselves, mm-hmm regardless whether they were refugees, our First Nations brothers or sisters, children dying from malnutrition in Kenya, yeah. Yeah. we would give our all to try to bring about transformation in those spaces. Yes, And so the big injustice for me is that we are failing to love the way that we've been called to. Yeah. Um, so my hope, my hope again, and I said it before, is that as starting with the followers of Jesus, starting with the church, we get this deep within our hearts, this Mm. desire Mm. to genuinely love our neighbours, wherever they are, wherever their need is, the way we love ourselves. Um, And we start acting out of that. We care for our communities in powerful ways Mm. that demonstrates the love and grace of God, but we also take up our prophetic vocation. When we see the systems and structures that are broken in the world, we call them out and we try to transform them. Um, And so my experience of that has been when we do do that, Amazing change happens. And sure. the fashion report was just one example of that. Yes. I, it's just, I've had this uh, lucky, fortunate experience of just seeing good stuff mm-hmm. come about when Christians act so many times that I'm entirely convinced of our power sure. to bring about change.
0: So, all right, so we've got these really big, these really significant issues of brokenness. Yeah. There is an overarching cause of those issues, Yeah, which is our failure to humanity's failure to live in accordance with God's order of relationship, yeah. God's order of relationship with with one another, with him, with ourselves with and creation. with creation. Yep. But if we were to live true to his kingdom order so that we might love one another, then we start to bring these other things into right relationship. Amen. Preach it. And that's our prophetic vocation. That is our prophetic vocation. Okay,
1: that is what I believe we're called to do. Yep. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: And I think, uh, I mean, I feel like God is on that redemptive trajectory with humanity. Right. You know? We get this. We get this sense in Genesis of the world as it was intended to be. Yes. You know, yep. all of those relationships. Yep. Right. You know, we're enjoying the beauty and the abundance of creation. Yeah. Uh, we're in good relationship with each other. Man is not alone anymore. We've got a good relationship with God. Yeah. All those things are clear and apparent. And of course. We're given this mission to go out and spread that throughout creation, to have our dominion yeah. over creation, and bring God's rule, yep. God's right relationship
0: across all of creation. We suck that up. So something how? Do, yeah. How do we How do we think about those things? Well, then. Yeah. So I, I get yeah. that having an understanding of those issues is is important uh, in in their own right. It's It's, it's good that we that we're aware yep. that we've got an understanding of. Climate justice, Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander, domestic violence, asylum—we we should have an understanding of those things. As members of the body of Christ, yep. citizens of a different kingdom, yep. how do we think well about those things? Where do we where do we start in in this process of even redeem, redeeming our own thinking? Yeah, do, where do we how do we do that?
1: It's a really good question. Um, I think so there's a bunch of stuff if people are at the point they've got an understanding that we are citizens of a different kingdom all the stuff that you've just said that they're already going this is the redemptive trajectory that God has for the universe you know that he intends things to change redemptive trajectory of the universe yeah that's the one Um, I think if he if we get that piece you know and that's the big story of the Bible for me right Um, from Genesis you go to brokenness and then it's Abraham and God says, okay, I'm yeah. going to bless you and you're going to be a nation of priests that blesses, brings yeah. blessing to the world. Makes a promise. Makes a promise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If only you keep my commands. Israel fails to do that, yeah. <laughs> you know, a whole bunch of messiness. And then we have that reset with Jesus where yes. he is the embodiment of that shalom, that right yeah. relationship. And we start seeing the kingdom bubble up around him. He's like the blind sure. are seeing, the poor are being ministered to. Um Causes upsets a lot of people. Because so it's of, like repair.
0: repair. So there, there's repair of that broken order all around Jesus. All around Jesus,
1: yep. everywhere he goes, um, and he's calling these power structures and challenging them. There's a bunch of people that are unhappy with that repair, right? Because yes. they're profiteering, or they've got their status and their yeah. privilege. We can make, make money, out of, can make money order. out of this. We can make money out of this. Or we're really respected. We're yep. at the top of the hierarchy. Or, and he's saying actually, this disorder is really broken. People should yeah. not be without. We should be caring and bringing people in. It um, annoys a lot of people. He gets killed mm-hmm. for it. Yeah. Um, but we know that his way was God's way. God shows that vividly by bringing him back to life as the first fruit of yes. all creation. And then he sends this mission back to us yeah. as the church to go about and say, show them, show mm-hmm. the world what this kingdom is going to look like, yeah. what right relationship is going to be. Um, so I feel that so much of what we are now called to do is to be the first fruits of the kingdom. Right. Show people around us what that restoration looks like in each of those issues. Yep. So to those specific issues, yep. I still think it starts with going, what is the good that God intends for each of those issues? Right. And we've got a sense of some of that. Yeah. And then how do we bring that about and how do we think strategically about that yep. um, as well?
0: So it's... You know, and I think what you were doing was tracing that big story. And so that big story is one of right relationship, broken relationship, right relationship that is now our responsibility to live into and out of that yeah. right relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is that redemptive, sto- that's redemptive yes, that story. story. So we've got to understand the story understand the story. Yeah. So like yeah. the worst thing we can do is like cherry pick little principles out of scripture. We need to understand yeah. the book, the story that it's telling. Yeah. And then when we're we are restorers of relationships, we're in that prophetic vocation. Prophetic vocation. All right. So that's how we think well. So what do we do then? So if if I've here's my understanding when I look at common grace. Yeah. Common grace is advocating to believers about these big issues and ways to think about these issues so it's advocating to believers and then calling believers in particular everybody but calling jesus people to be advocates to speak up on behalf of um those who don't have a voice and 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 on that these issues is that right advocating to and then calling people to be to be yeah i think that's a great way of putting it I,
1: i really like it um I think, so the way I often express it is it's reminding believers yep. that they have this prophetic vocation. So that's the advocacy yes. two bit. Yep. You already have it. You're called to do it. Um, join us in doing it together yep. because I think we've got to do it in community. So that's the advocating too and then yep. ha- advocating out. Um, I think that's the, one of the unique pieces that Common Grace is hoping to and will bring to, I hope, the body of Christ. So yep. we will help people be strategic about how they engage with each of those issues. So what are the leaders that we need to talk to? What, who are the decision makers around this? How do we generate influence on them? Yep. How do we train you to do that? How do we mobilize you right. and equip you? So you'll help Just me. Help you. You'll help, help me do help that. You. Help
0: you okay. do yeah. um, so this is sitting here. Tell, yeah, cool. tell, me, tell me about this. What's this? What's this all about? Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's
1: like a uh, climate scarf. So woven into that (laughs) scar, it warms you up, it's nice and cold today, so it's worth wearing. Um, Woven into that is 101 years of our climate data. So it starts with the white is the average temperature over the past 100 years. Um, And this is way back in 1919, where we're well below. So the blue colours represent uh, years that were below the average temperature. Yep. And as we move to the warmer colours, um, yeah. it represents years that are closer to us now right. and warmer than the average temperature. So getting very hot up the end. So you can see last 100 years. So this is a average, graph. graph. This is a graph. This is a graph of our warming planet. Right. Um, and it is warming far too quickly. Yes. So the amazing thing about that graph, though, yep. is that this and hundreds of others like it were woven by just common grace huh. supporters. So this is... Advocacy. This is advocacy. This is advocacy in action, yeah. woven together by uh, common grace supporters yep. around the country, sitting there, going, dedicating hours, like 20 or 30 hours of their life, just yep. to knit a scarf. And those scarves were then gifted to parliamentarians. Oh, I've seen photos. On it was social. So cool. Yeah, that yeah, was cool. amazing.
0: Yeah,
1: and. It was just different, like it was a creative, provocative, different type of advocacy yep. where they're going in. This hugely relational, generous gift is yes. not the way most advocacy meetings or lobbying meetings start. Yep. They go, here, this is for you, yeah. and here's why, and here's what we want to see. Right. So they go in, they form relationships, they yep. have a discussion about what they're seeing, about what they think about for their kids and what they're worried about, right. and then say, here's the actions we want to take. Yeah. And because it was coordinated, it was happening all around the country, um, we saw huge impact. Like yeah. politicians were talking about these scarves, yeah. the whole Labour caucus were getting together and taking photos with their scarves on. These scarves were going to the G20
0: to show, hey, there's support yeah, that's for climate cool. action
1: yeah. in the world. That's so really this,
0: cool. even here in a scarf is part of our prophetic vocation yeah. because we're advocating for the repair of a relationship between humanity and creation. Amen. Cool. Um, so, so this morning uh, here we've got a bunch of kids in like primary school and high school. Um, it is, should should kids be thinking about these things? Can they be involved? Um, how, how how do I understand this if I'm nine? Yeah, or twelve I feel like or fourteen. Or- nine-year-olds in some ways just understand
1: it better than you do when you're 30 or 40, because you it's easy to see when things aren't quite working the way they should. You know, all the adults are telling you that we should be kind and loving and generous. Adults get pretty silly. Yeah, they get pretty silly sometimes, right? And nine-year-olds can just go, hey, why aren't we being more generous or kind, or why are things not working the way they should? Um, My experience has been, if you're learning to follow Jesus, you're always learning about how do I see the brokenness Yes. and say, how do I make this better? What can yeah. I do? How do I do that in the schoolyard um, with my friends? How do I yep. stop bullying or how do I care for the, the kid that nobody else is talking to? Yep. But also what has been cool in my experience is that when nine and 10-year-olds go and visit politicians, which might sound scary huh. for the nine and 10-year-olds, they are switched on and they are listening. Is that right? Unreal. It's, it's just like they're reminded of yep. why they're there in the first place. Yeah. Why are you there if you're not trying to make the world better for the generations to come after yes. you. So nine-year-olds have some of the most powerful voices you there can you imagine. Go. That's you, you, yeah. you,
0: you, you, yep. Cool. Yeah, it's cool. Um, today's Father's Day. Sure is. And how how might we think about some of these issues, this big idea of a prophetic vocation, which we understand what that means now. Um, what, what might father's day add add to our understanding how can we mush
1: these ideas together yeah it's interesting I think when so often when in the new testament we're hearing God talked about f- as father yep. um it's this yeah. idea that he is the head of the household as uh-huh. all fathers were for Israel at the time um and it's their job to make sure that there's right order within their household right yeah so if I think about Our cosmic father that loves us and cares for us, that is deeply concerned about the right order for our lives, for our family's life, but also for the whole universe. I think if we think about God as our father on Father's Day and what he wants and the order that he wants to bring, I think we're reminded that our heavenly father wants the goodness for us, for our families and for all of creation. That's cool. Um, yeah, and
0: I think that's what this prophetic vocation is all about. Yeah, right. So, so it's like another layer. So we don't want to we don't want to lose the importance of Father's Day and all that we know Absolutely that it means. Not. But there's an umbrella in terms yeah. of this is this is his household.
1: That's right. This is his yeah. household. I think oh. there's even insight for there for me as a dad um, with my kids when I'm thinking about if that's what my heavenly father wants. How do I how do I live that as oh. a dad now? Right, like, like how do I within my own household, my wife mm-hmm. and I. Um, we think about how do we bring right order there? How do we raise kids that are loving and yes. kind and prophetic and talking to politicians or doing yeah. whatever those things are um, and make sure that we are loving the way that God is loving yeah. um, and helping our kids to share that love
0: outwards? Gersh, thank you. This is a fun conversation. I reckon we could keep going and going and going.
1: Yeah, that sounds great sometimes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, bless you in this work. It, it matters immensely. Thank you for helping us to think well, um, helping us to even articulate what it is that that, that we would desire to say um, about this world as we see it in mm. relation to his kingdom as he's ultimately going to bring about. Uh, so thank you for that work. Bless you in it. Um, thank you. Talk soon. Thanks, Jeff.